Huzzah, Rangers! This is Philip Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Man, what a win against uh, our rivals to the north, Toronto Arrows. We are the king of the north. We have the best maple syrup, and we proved it on the pitch on Saturday. Close win. We will talk about the game itself with uh, Outrider segment with uh, Phil and Dave later on in the episode. Also, we'll be previewing the DC game. Uh, They are going to be coming up to our house, to Fort Union Point, after getting their butt whooped against Rooney. So they'll have a lot to prove. We'll be talking about it all. We'll be breaking down the game against Toronto and also uh, discussing what also happened all across the league this week with the rapid reactions. And we've got a very special interview with Ted Black, our buddy, who is the president of Cape Cod Rugby later on in the episode as well. Really enjoyed talking to Ted. Here we go. Um, We are in our home stretch right now with the rest of the season ahead of us. As long as we win our home games, I feel good about where we are right now. So let's get right into the episode, guys. Woo! Here we go. Right, guys, how good does it feel to get that win against Toronto, huh? Snap that losing streak. Now we got to get a winning streak going here at home. Got a lot of home games left. What a fortress it was at Union Point, just as I was hoping that it would be. Weather was not great, obviously, but we had so many fans uh, come out and use their voice to propel our team to win that game. It was a beautiful sight to see. Can't wait to see you guys out there again on Sunday. Wanted to give a couple shout outs before we jump into the Outriders segment here. Morgan's. Smith, who just donated to the Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund on GoFundMe. We're at $150 of that $250 goal, guys. So we've got $100 to go. We need your help. So once we reach the goal, I have a big wacky check that's going to have the Jax Rangers logo on there. I'm going to fill it out and bring it to the game, the next game, whenever we get to the goal, whenever the next game will be. I'll be bringing it to uh, Union Point to present to Coach Ryan Martin, actually to introduce myself to him on uh, Saturday. Shook his hand, very firm handshake, just like any mustached man uh, would have, you would expect, like myself. Very nice guy. I finally met uh, TK, Tom Kindly as well. Tom is a big fan of our show, man. Um, He was saying that he loves everything that we do, so we appreciate you, TK. Next on the shout-out list, Bill from the Eagles Overseas on social media, the Eagle Eyed podcast. So founding members, uh, if you guys are not aware, the founding members at Union point were able to sit in their original selected seats in this past game. So guess who's my seat neighbor? It's a guy that does a podcast about American international rugby players that are playing overseas. Bill, pleasure to meet you, sir. Can't wait to uh, do a collaboration in the future. That would be great. What a nice guy he is and very knowledgeable about rugby, as one would expect for having a rugby podcast. So it's going to be great uh, interacting with Bill every single week there at Union Point. Another shout out goes to everyone that has reached out for a sticker. Thank you very much. Uh, anybody that's reached out in terms of providing feedback like Chris Lind, Daniel from the Barbarians Youth Rugby, anybody that has liked our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter, all of you folks that have interviewed with us in the in the past, and we just appreciate your support, right? So this thing doesn't work without people that listen or people that support the show. So the sh- this last shout out goes to all of you folks, especially the folks that have reached out about a sticker. A lot of them are already in the mail. Some of them have already been received. So if you haven't received it yet, once you do get it, take a photo of it and uh, send it to us on social media or tag us rather would be probably be the best thing to do. Tag Jack's Rangers on social media. Take a picture of it uh, with you. Uh, stick it somewhere or hold it in your hand, whatever you want to do. Take a picture of it, upload it to social media and tag us on there. We would appreciate it. If you haven't done that already, if you've already gotten the sticker, please do that. It helps us out tremendously. Those were the shout outs this week. We're going to jump right into the Outriders segment here. Of course, we'll have a little bit of Free Jack's news. The Outriders segment here with Phil and Dave got rapid reaction of round 11, I believe this is, for MLR this uh, week. Uh, past week was round 11. So we'll talk about the scores of uh, the other games that were out there. Also, breaking down what happened with the uh, Toronto game, the win against Toronto, the Maple Cup, as I like to call it. We are now Kings of the North. Congratulations, everybody. Uh, Our Free Jacks are now Kings of the North. Uh, We'll look ahead to the game against DC this Sunday at Fort Union Point. All right, here we go with the Outrider segment right now on the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris once again at the Jacks Rangers show. We've got Dave McVeigh here from Yeti Point Rugby once again here in the Outrider segment. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Phil. How about you? Not too bad, my friend. So we've got episode six here, the Cardiac Jacks is what I'm calling uh, this episode (laughs) uh, due to the closeness of the game that was uh, on the Saturday. Free Jacks news. Let's jump right into it here. Free Jacks to host a summer touch jamboree before our next game on Sunday. Uh, the press release said, come together for some rugby fun at the Free Jacks Festival by entering a team or as an individual in a touch tournament before the Free Jacks match. Registration includes tickets to the Free Jacks versus Old Glory match at 6 p.m. The age groups are as follows, under 10s, under 14s, under 18s, and adults and an open age uh, part there as well. The laws of this are going to be seven on the field, rolling subs, which is really nice, um, five points per try, two-hand touch, uh, ball through the legs to restart play, and five touches leads to a turnover. So kind of like league there. uh, Kick after four. Right. Um, You were posting on social media about this. Are you creating a team? (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, some of my Charles River buddies are going to come out. We won't have a – Full team, so we'll probably pick some people up from the individual registrants. Uh, should be should be a good time. I have a busy rugby weekend. I'm playing in the uh, Old Man of the Mountain Festival up in New Hampshire on Saturday, and then jetting back wow. to Boston for the Free Jacks match and Touch Jamboree on Sunday. Cool. So it should be a good weekend. Good for you. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Josh Larson was named to MLR's best at his position this week. Josh is a friend of the show. Uh, congrats, oh, Captain, my captain. Great job for Josh. Yeah, fantastic work. Great. He's been really a pleasure to watch um, since he joined the team. Uh, really effective big man, you know, and uh, great to see him get man of the match honors and get named to that Geico 15 of the week. Absolutely. Uh, a women's independence match will be coming up versus Connecticut Selects on June the 13th. Good luck, Lady Indies. I guess they're not going to go with the free Jills. Uh, <laughs> I guess not. Uh, oh, well. 
Um, all right. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll keep that in the pocket for the future. Yeah. You know, full full professional women's team. That would be good. Um, all right, rapid reaction here. Down the road, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, the observation that I had for rapid reaction is other than our game against Toronto and LA's game against uh, Atlanta, this round was a blowout with massive point differences, okay? So the first one that I'm going to mention here is Houston 11 at San, uh, San Diego Legion 39. The observations that I made on this one is amazing tar charge down that goes off the crossbar bar for a uh, San Diego try by number 12 at the 21 minute mark. And you're, that's one of those things that you're, it's just like, wow, I may never see this in this order again. Yeah. It reminded me of our, um, the Ben Foden um, faux pas that he had against us in um, Las Vegas, where he misjudged the bounce of the ball and it went off the crossbar into the arms of one of our players to score a try. I was there at the game. It was unbelievable. It was like a spiritual moment for me. <laughs> Angels in the uh, 22, right? Absolutely, yeah. Somebody reaching down their hand and just. Yes, sir. Holding him back. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a weird moment. One of those reasons why, you you know, you always work for it in rugby. The ball, ball bounce is weird. And sometimes you charge down a kick and it bounces off a crossbar and yes, sir. you get a try. Absolutely. Um, first try by Houston at the 47th minute by what has to be the best last name in MLR, Dickie Dickie Lottie. <laughs> uh, I'm a child. You know the announcers love it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, yellow card for San Diego at the 63rd minute with Houston trailing, but we've seen this movie before, folks. Zero points scored by Houston <laughs> in those 10 minutes. Yikes. <laughs> Um, San yeah. Diego was attacking with less than five minutes ago, and they scored two tries very quickly to end the game. Houston just having a real rough go at it. Yeah, they're you know struggling through this season still. Um, I think they'll I think they'll maybe squeeze one or two more wins out. Um, they've got a lot of uh, going for them. I was looking at their some of the stats uh, earlier, and they have a pretty good. Scrum, one of the best scrum percentages in the in the whole league, ninety six point seven percent scrum ones, uh, just barely point one one behind New Orleans. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, really solid scrum. So you, you got to figure that with you know some parts of their game plan dialed in that well, yeah. you know they're gonna get they're gonna get clicking and uh, find some launch when you have a platform that solid. You know, you gotta you gotta figure it out and score some tries for sure. Um, I think they're at this point only one point uh, is differential from them and Seattle, which is the worst team in the league right now in terms of mm. their losses. So that's that's not good for Houston. Hopefully they get it together there. Next game on the list here was LA at Atlanta. So LA had 12 and Atlanta 17 guys. So this might have you know been a factor with the travel again. We see at, um, LA coming back to the East Coast here and not you know performing as well. We'll say underperforming from what we expect. It was a stalemate though after 20 minutes into this one. Surprising consider considering LA's firepower. During the highlights, there was a fan in the sand that's a fan in the stand that set off a smoke flare or a flare itself. I was watching the highlights. I was like, did I just see this correctly? What is this, <laughs> soccer? 
That's pretty wild. Yeah, not not something you see every day in a rugby match. Oh, that's for sure. sure. Yeah, we're more known for like you know waving flags around. It seems like in the stands is a kind of a rugby right. Thing to do right costumes and uh, exuberance and lots of beer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think my backdrop is like slowly collapsing in on me. So we'll, we'll have to <laughs> monitor this as we continue here. Um, you, you might just disappear in a moment under a green screen. <laughs> Uh, what else we got? Um, red card at 35 minutes gone by LA to um, Luke White. There was a 20 minute countdown clock on screen. Did I miss something here, Dave? Is, is this some sort of law variation that? Yeah. So this year, um, there you know, for a long time, there's been some sort of grumbling in rugby that uh, a red card can spoil a big match. Essentially, that you know, a red card in the first 40 minutes. Um, basically hands a match to the other team, even against you know a pretty stiff opposition. And this is an attempt to address that. I think it has to do with making sure they're putting out a consistently good TV product, like a lot of the other law changes. I think it's focused on that. Um, but I do think this might be one you see uh, spread outside the United States more quickly. Uh, the 20 minutes down instead of 10 makes it you know still much more significant than a yellow card it's essentially a double yellow uh, and then that player is gone and unlike a yellow they can't come back right. so they must be replaced so still pretty impactful but ensures that uh, a red card um is not something that's just going to end the competitiveness of the match and it's also a response to the new high tackle laws you're seeing more red cards because of the strictness of those laws right so this is a way to make sure that they can continue to um issue red cards for those high tackles that merit them you know given the framework that they use to determine that which is really clear it's a big flow chart to determine exactly what what card you know a high tackle merits and a lot of the time it's red so this way they can still follow that and not in the competitiveness of a match i love the concept of it for sure i mean you don't want to have a team go down especially early in the match with a red card because it, the the decision is probably pretty much set in stone that the other team is going to win because they have an advantage for so long um yeah. i understand the nature of wanting to protect players and stuff like that but uh yeah i think this is a great law variation did this come out when everything else came out with the changes yes this was new this season uh in mlr this? i mean i guess red cards are pretty rare but um yeah i i think it's a great great addition to the laws for sure or amendments rather all right <laughs> halftime score was 10 to 5 to Atlanta, low scoring affair, LA affected by East Coast travel, question mark. Um, 17 to 12 with 75 minutes gone, a nail biter, an amazing defensive effort by Atlanta to hold on and win. They had well over 200 tackles in this game. Now, a yeah. league match would laugh at that and say, you guys suck. <laughs> you guys don't tackle that much at all, but I mean, for rugby union, that's a lot of tackles. Yeah, it is. Um, they really worked for this one. Uh, and you're seeing how powerful a defense can be. I think you're right that the travel mattered. Um, I don't think it's a, a coincidence that we're seeing LA lose twice. And it's the two times they had to come all the way out east. Um, that said, hats off to Atlanta. They played a fantastic game. They've got a great coaching setup down there. You know, they beat the Free, Jack, Free Jacks with a fantastic game plan where they just seemed in control the whole match. So we know that they're 
capable of that kind of a performance. Um, and they really, they really delivered against LA. Um, they're certainly looking like the scariest team in the East to me, uh, based mostly on the strength of their, their defense and their, their coaching. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else we got here? So Austin at Utah is the next one on the list here. I had Austin 24, uh, Utah Warriors 45 is what it says on my little sheet here. 10 minutes, or excuse me, uh, 10 to 0 Utah after 20 minutes. Utah is sneaky good, Dave. This is a team that could give L.A. some trouble come playoff time. Yeah, they are physical. Um, they are really capable. I love the kind of excitement rugby they play with line breaks and offloads. And, you know, that coast-to-coast try last week was just awesome. Uh, Mikey Teo continues to be like the player to watch in MLR just about. And there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of people who score, but um, he's a guy who uh, he just has so many moves and they're all fun to watch. You know, that little, that little kick step he does oh. um, to set guys up, you know, it's coming and there's still nothing you can do about it. It's, it's really fun. They're a great. They're a great team. Yeah. I've said it before. And I'm sure I'll say it again at some point. Mikey Taylor is my favorite player other than a free Jack player in the entire country. <laughs> Yeah, right. and they're uh, they have more North American qualified players than any other team uh, in the MLR, I believe. So if wow. that's something that you you know care strongly about, like a lot of people do, yeah. you know, it's something that people uh, complain about LA about sometime, right? Is they get those extra foreign players, you know, who don't count yep. um, uh, concessions. Um, but yeah, uh, if that's if that's your beef, then Utah ought to be your team because they are the opposite. They are very much, you know, domestic talent, American, Canadian. Did not know that. And I'm a little bit surprised by that, but I mean, that's cool that they, they... I should say qualified American and Canadian qualified. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So what else? It says AG knock on, knocks on the ball as they were knocking on the door inside of Utah's 22 Utah proceeds to go the entire length of the field with Mikey Teo steering the attack to score an amazing try. Um, guys, if you haven't seen it, go check out the highlights. This is worth a look. Unbelievable by Utah there. Great attacking rugby sees Utah with a 24-0 to halftime lead. That's a hell of a point differential to come back from in 40 minutes for Austin, who's known for their defense, uh, not really their offense, right? So that mm-hmm. was a tall hill for them to climb. Uh, great size crowd in Utah for this game. Uh, there was a ton of people there. At the, um, I think it's like a minor league soccer um, stadium that they have there out there in Utah. Beautiful. Um, Austin fought back with Utah in control throughout the second half. Mitch Wilson's brother had a galloping breakaway try for Utah uh, to put the explanation point on Utah's win against Austin. Yeah. All right. Moving right along here, uh, we have New Jersey at DC. The score on that one was. 46 uh, to New Jersey to 10 to DC. Boy, this was a good old fashioned butt whooping, Dave. Um, I didn't write down a lot here because it was just such a dominating performance. There wasn't a lot to talk about. Yeah, you just hope to echo it uh, next week. That's <laughs> yeah. say, hope, hope that DC uh, performs about as well against us as they did against New York. Sure. Early try from Dylan Fawcett in guess what? A mall try three minutes into the game that set the tone very early. 24 to 0, New Jersey leads after 26 minutes into the game. New Jersey was chipping over DC's defense line like they were practicing it on a pit. 
um, a nightmare for DC and their home fans as New Jersey was just in complete control of this one. It was very scrappy, obviously, because pride's kind of on the line when you're getting your butt kicked that bad. So there was a lot of argy-bargy situations. Um, but, you know, not a lot of uh, things, positive things to say about D.C. in that game. It was just all New Jersey throughout that entire game. Yeah. And that comes to our match, um, the one that I always had a heart attack watching it at the end there. And I'm sure a lot of people within the stands were like, oh, boy, what's going to happen here? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a Scotland rugby fan, so you know what I was expecting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, two minutes left and we're winning. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a goofy try. Bless your heart for being a Scotland rugby fan, man. <laughs> yeah, it's hey, it's it's you know been better the last couple of years. That's true. That's true. It's been we're in one of the you know every every decade you get a bright spot for a couple of years, and we're we're there right now. I was there in uh, the game that USA beat uh, Scotland for the first time ever. In, oh wow! Yeah, a couple of years back. Yeah, that's a Every big. Time they that's a big moment. Fight, USA's first win over a tier one nation. Unbelievable! We had so much fun. Um, when the the last conversion was missed there for USA to win the game, they always like show that section of it because the kick happens in that end zone or tri zone area. And me and my girlfriend are like jumping up and down and embracing right there as you. <laughs> the, the kick that's is. great. I'll have yeah. to go back and rewatch the uh, video. Yeah, I'm there. Um, it's uh, like I'm on the front row at the beyond the try uh, zone there. Um, what does it say here? Weather conditions were less than awesome. So great job to the Rangers that did show up and showed out at the game. Uh, very loud crowd. You know, they were right there with it. Um, it was beautiful to see, beautiful to hear. The fans were amazing, as we expect them to be. Um, first penalty against Toronto was a monster scrum for our free jacks. You love to see it. Um, yeah, that's the corner we needed to turn right there. You know, um, it was it was really nice to be from that first penalty confident in the scrum and the set piece. You know, it really um, sets a tone. And I can and I can tell you that plays a role in, you know, the rest of the, the confidence of the performance like they put out that defensive performance. Um, you know, a penalty like that really sets the tone and gives those guys a lot of energy. Absolutely. So it was just a just a huge moment. One of the big moments in the match, I would say. Mm -hmm. Some type of defensive breakdown uh, for us allowed Toronto Toronto's lock to gallop <laughs> like a giraffe into the tri zone. That was pretty interesting to see. Yeah, I think watching it, I'm not a backs coach, you know, or a defense coach. I, it's not an area that I know intimately, but watching what – uh, happened. It looked to me like Alecki Morris Lome was expecting the ball to be passed not to the lock but back, and he he had to cover two people. I mean, he he had to make a choice there, and it's you know fifty fifty. And if the if the play that makes sense is the is the back, I forget who it was, you know, but they had like a a wing and a fullback say um, drop back, and if they just go hands they would have had the overload on the outside okay. you know so it makes sense that's what he was watching against and that's what our defense is supposed to do um it was a really good play uh from toronto great play calling uh yeah. really good choice on that pass because you're right uh he he caught that ball and ran through basically untouched yeah um, it was pretty pretty well executed yeah you don't want to see it as a, a free jacks fan but toronto the coaches were right beside of me by the way so uh, yeah. the founding members are back into their original seats so i'm at the very top towards the 50 meter line. 
uh, and the Toronto, there was about three staff. I'm surprised they didn't have walkie-talkies. I was blown away by that. They didn't have computer set up or anything like that, but they were just watching the game, taking notes, uh, and they were very happy about that, of course. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We were aided by the win for three successful penalty kicks. Great job by Waka. Those are three uh, penalty kicks in the first half that really helped us in the game further along there. Um, goal line stand at the 30th minute with a ruck turnover by the mechanic caused by a, it caused a huge roar in the crowd because, yeah. you know, we, it was a great defensive stand. We were pushing them back every time they got the ball. There was no game line advancement by them. Um, they were within our 22, and then the mechanic went in there and did exactly what you would expect him to do, got dirty, and got that ball. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great moment. And the crowd was loud. I was actually out getting buying ice cream for my children at that at that moment. Um, and so I heard that roar and I thought somebody had scored. Right. You know, I thought we had scored, you know, from the from the sound of it and kind of ran up to the fence to check um, and was was <laughs> pleased that while it wasn't a score, it was a big, uh, big moment. Sure. It's great to have an educated fan base um, in the crowd because you know, sometimes a situation like that, there might be a delayed reaction, but we were right there with it, you know, watching what was going on and, and, and reacting in real time to, to what took place. So that's always nice to see. Um, nine to seven at halftime. No tries in the first half from our free jacks. This is something that I've kind of been talking about a little bit for the past couple of games where ideally you want your forwards to do the dirty work. You want to, to set uh, – that us to set them up for the backs to score, right? Um, and we haven't seen a lot of that in the past couple of games. I'm a little worried about that. Um, but, you know, regardless, we won the game. This game was like an old-fashioned defensive American football game uh, with the score being 14-7 uh, to 7 at the 63rd minute. The moment of the match for me, try into the corner for Toronto at the 64th minute. The location of the try played a huge factor in the outcome because the conversion was missed, which allowed the Free Jacks to hold on to a two-point lead. Um, hospital pass by Dougie Fife leads to a turnover in the ruck to Toronto in dangerous territory at the 76th minute. This is where I was about to have a heart attack. I was yes. like, oh, no, I'm so worried that we're going to give up a penalty or a drop goal. That would be awful. Um, <laughs> truly yeah. humiliating. Yes, truly. Um, to lose the game by one point because, you know, we were up by two. They get three points there either way, you know, if, if the, the drop goal or the penalty kick is, is successful. And then we probably lose the game. But here's the big but here. Uh, great free jacks turnover at the 77th minute allows us to hold on to the win and be crowned Kings of the North. It's so great that Dallin picked up on my Kings of the North that I was using on social <laughs> media. Uh, he said it yep. a couple times apparently during the broadcast, so that's he all. He did, yeah. Yeah, great. It's good. You love to see it. Um, yeah, w what a heroic um, goal line stand by those guys. They really put their hearts into it um, and earned that turnover. Great, great captaincy from Larson to make sure, you know, he checked with the ref. He knew how much time they needed. Yep. They ran the couple phases that they needed to, and then they kicked it right out the back, and it was that was all she wrote. Um, I did see on social media there were some a lot of questions around um, why the apparent try um, was disallowed and actually turned into a penalty that, that went to the Free Jacks there. Um, so if you watch the video, if you watch the replay, what you'll see is 
at the ruck. Um, Tomas de la Vega is getting ready to play the ball. He's the six uh, blindside flanker for the Toronto Arrows. And he's, you know, he's digging for the ball. All that's perfectly fine. And then um, maybe to get the ball, maybe just to work the angle, he drops down onto one knee. And as we all know, rugby is, you know, sport to be played on one's feet. And so once your knees are on the ground, you're considered on the ground. You're not on the, you're not on your feet, not supporting your weight anymore. And so from that knee on the ground, he picks and dives forward and he does get over the line and touch the ball down. The problem is that he was not standing um, when he played the ball. And so that was the call was that he was playing the ball off his feet. Um, not the way you usually see a playing the ball off your feet call. So great job by the referee there. You know, um, it is it is the right application of the law. And that was the turnover that gave um, the Free Jacks the ball. And then we uh, saw them just control it for another couple minutes and end it. Yeah, it was great to see. Um, there was a lot of confusion within the stands here about what the actual call was. I, I'm sitting uh, as a founding member. The guy beside me is uh, Bill, the guy that does the um, – oh, God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name – uh, Eagles, Eagle Eye uh, podcast, Eagles mm-hmm. Overseas. He, he handles the social media for that account. Um, he is my uh, founding member that sits right beside him. He's my my neighbor here for the season tickets. So Excellent. we were like, what What was the call? I mean, he didn't even know. And he, I know yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know until I watched the replay. Um, I couldn't tell. Um, and then uh, last night I sat down and rewatched the match and and figured it out. That was one of my one of my goals, along with figuring out why. Waka had gone down. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, my girlfriend is giving Waka a little bit of crap, uh, saying that it seems like he, uh, you know, is down on the ground, injured. Every <laughs> miraculously gets up and continues to play on. So she was kind of giving a little bit of crap in the stands. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, you know, there's always a little gamesmanship around that stuff too. You know, it's uh, if you know your pack needs a breather, say your forwards have been working really hard. Um, you'll see it. It's the kind of stuff you see in old boys matches, you know, when they're playing kids, <laughs> not when they're playing other old boys, but when they got to get every little advantage they can, you know, you'll see stuff like that. People sure. taking a little bit extra time on the ground. And I'm, I don't know that necessarily he's doing that. I think he also puts himself out there a lot and gets, gets pretty banged up. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, you're, I'll tell you the forwards aren't going to complain if he <laughs> takes a knee for an extra, th- you know, maybe 30 seconds longer than he truly needs. She just sent me a text message saying, it's all love. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Walk, it's all love. Um, Close match for sure. It was 50%, uh, 50-50% territory and 50-50 possession of the ball for this game. Final thoughts on the match before we talk about MVP? Um, Just that it was a really, really great match, especially in the first half. There was a lot of slop in the first 20 minutes. But after that, like you said, there was just some tremendous defense. And the stats at the half were really uneven. They ended up being a very 50-50 stats. But if you look at the stats at halftime in the replay, you know, Toronto had possession, Toronto had field territory, and the Free Jacks did a great job shutting them down. And I think you see that in Ryan Martin's interview at the halftime on the broadcast as well. He looks chuffed to bits. Um, talking about what a great job they've done defensively to, you know, shut down Toronto and stay in control. So kudos to those guys. It was really great. Absolutely. My musket-sized pants tent goes to Manuel Montero, the Argentinian. He is six foot four, 240 pounds as a winger, guys. He was on the first Haguars roster for Super Rugby. What a player. 
I didn't really see much for him to like stand out in the game. Um, yeah, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but he's somebody who, you know, you can just sense the um, power he brings out there. I mean, sure. what a what a meat stick. Jonah Lomu type player, you know, just he's got pace and he's got more than enough power. Even your tight five is worried about, you know, winning the collision against a guy like that. Right. Incredible um, skill and ability he has. Um, who's your MVP of the game? Um, oh, I was hoping you'd go first so that I could. I'll, uh, first. I'll go first. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So I went back and forth on this. Um, obviously, Josh Larson was was in my mind, but I went voting lock on this, and I'll tell you why. Those penalty kicks in the first half were three of three, and a few weeks ago at home, he was having real issues kicking at home. So great redemption for Waka. I wanted to give it to him. Um, I, I'm not. Listen, I'm. I, I love the idea of the 60 second clock for ken, uh, penalties and, and conversions because it's just like, all right, let's hurry this along. You know, how long do you really need to take this? You're just wasting our time. That's the kind of approach I have to kicks. But we needed those, and, and it really was a big difference maker with winning the game. So I'd love to see that to be 30 seconds, to be honest with you, instead of 60. I'd love to produce <laughs> it, but um, you know, it, it's a part of the game. It's it's strategy, right? Um, yep. If you're in the right area and you get a penalty. Might as well go for three points unless you're down by a bunch, right? So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Waka this week. This is my first time I'm ever picking him as well. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so I was also very torn between Waka. Um, I thought he had a great match. Those penalties, um, he had that near try. The commentators thought it was a try at first because it looked so good. The camera angle, you just didn't really see the knock. It kind of looked like it bounces off his hip, right. um, but it's actually his hand. Um, just really good play, uh, inserted himself a lot. Uh, kicking was better off the tee in particular. Um, but Josh Larson, I think you really saw him rise to the occasion. There was one particular kickoff where, um, he goes up and takes it and comes down. And the first Toronto player, you know, this happens when guys are at a high speed, sometimes just kind of glances off of him, didn't get a good rap and ends up being, you know, high speed, but kind of low impact collision. And Larson turns on a dime 180 degrees and just absolutely plows into the two Toronto guys coming for, for backup. Um, and you see how eager he was for contact in that moment. And, uh, really, I think, kind of played outside himself. That's how he played all day. Um, you know the penalty to open up um, the match, really, and set the tone. And uh, I think he just had a fantastic game, obviously scored the try, powered that over. Um, I've, like I said earlier, really enjoyed watching him play. Um, a lot of the time, guys of his size uh, really struggle to keep their work rate up as matches go on. And it's really cool to see him, you know, out there looking for work 60 minutes in and just absolutely grinding it out. For sure. I've got a lot of time for Josh. And, I'll, you know, I, I've said earlier in the episode that he's a friend of the show. So that's going to give you a hint about what, you know, we might see him in the future uh, on the Jacks Rangers show. But, um, you know, very personable guy, great captain, wonderful yeah. leadership, um, kind of leads by example type of guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I was torn between Waka and Larson. Uh, but, yeah, both are well, you know, deserve of uh, MVP for this week. And um, now we're going to move on to the D.C. preview. This is an interesting one, Dave, because this D.C. squad got their butt kicked uh, big time by uh, New Jersey. This is a D.C. team that also beat us in Virginia on April the 2nd by a score of 35 to 22. Okay. Yeah. 
and looked very in control doing it. I mean, yeah. if we remember that match, like, you know, they, um, especially kicking penalties to touch, you know, and running the lineouts. Um, every time we had anything going, they just absolutely dismantled it and marched right back into our half of the field and kept the pressure up. So, I mean, it was a really, you know, it wasn't a fluke win. It was, it was a really good performance they put together. This, uh, this game is memorable for me because I'm, you know, one of the people that watched that first half and then went to um, the Facebook, the Facebook supporters group and said, somebody needs to be yelling in faces for this free Jack locker room uh, because they just didn't look right at all in that first half. They, they, yeah, I wouldn't say low effort because that doesn't, that's not the free Jack's way at all. Uh, It's just, they seemed lost out there. They didn't seem like they wanted to be there. So that's the first time we had seen that. I don't think we've seen it since. So this is kind of an important game for our free Jacks to come back and, you know, flip the coin on this one and say, well, now we're going to give it to you um, this time around. And D.C., I mean, if they have any pride whatsoever, they're going to be really amped up for this game because they got their butt kicked against uh, New, uh, New York in that game, which was 46 to 10, guys. So, I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, in front of their home crowd, they got stomped into the dirt. So, you know, you got to think that they don't want to lose two in a row here. Um, so they're going to be trying everything that they can, looking at film, whatever they need to do, prepping to make sure that they don't get embarrassed again by our free jacks. Um, so it's prediction time here. What do you think? Um, I think we are going to see the free jacks uh, push through a win. I think Fort Union Point is going to stay strong, undefeated at home. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to drop my totals a little bit. It seems like we are coming into our own as kind of a defensive team, um, which is what I like to see. Not that our offense isn't potent. So let's, uh, I think my thirties last week was a little bit shooting the moon. So I'm going to drop it down to 28 to new England. Oh, we do, we're picking the same scores again, <laughs> Phil. I'm going to drop it to 28 to new England. And I think, I think DC has got a lot going for him. So, uh, 24. Okay. DC. Okay. So new, our new England score is absolutely the same. 28 new England DC 18. So it's a 10 point differential here. I've got our winning <laughs> by 10. Uh, so we, <laughs> You know, it's like a hive mind here, man. I mean, to a certain extent. So, yeah, I mean, I think last week. Simpatico, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, last week, we've we've had a situation here where, you know, we're kind of overshooting the score. So I wanted to, to pull it down a little bit because uh, the results on the pitch are you know, more defensive the, the past week. So I wanted to have something a little bit more realistic. So that's why I brought it down, which uh, I think will be, I think we'll be just fine against this D.C. squad, even though they beat us last time. Um, you know, Fort Union Point, the, the thing that we've been talking about, making sure that we're a fortress. And I'm seeing that the Free Jacks are using a hashtag now. I think it's Fortify the Fortress or something like that. Love that. Um, you know, I'm not asking for credit. Just, uh, you know, run with it, guys. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we are forgetting one thing, though. Uh, key to the game. I didn't write anything down. Um, so I'll let you go first on that. <laughs> Uh, my key to the game is, which is Danny Tusitala, um, neutralizing him. He's one of the top try assist uh, leaders in uh, MLR. He's just lethal off the back of the ruck. 
um, anything loose, turnover ball. Uh, he is a you know opportunity generator and an opportunity exploiter. So uh, our scramble defense and cover tackles are good. They're going to have to be you know with him out there. So neutralize Danny Tusatala. Other than that, we keep up the good work. What we've seen in the set pieces, I think we'll be in good shape. Okay. So the internet connection was a little bit unstable, so I missed that first part there. Can you condense your uh, key to the game real quick for me? Yes. Uh, just to neutralize uh, Tusatala, okay. um, keep that scramble defense and cover tackles going. And I also said that that's what I'm looking forward to most this weekend is just getting a chance to watch him play okay. in person. He's uh, pretty electric. All right, so I'm going to go back because I didn't write anything down. I totally forgot about this, but uh, we're just we're on the fly here, baby. Um, so I think for me, I'm going to say the same thing as I said last week because, again, our backs didn't score a try. Um, when they got the ball, you know, there was some game line movement there, uh, advancement. But, again, I don't think they – there's something not right, um, Dave. I, I just feel like there's something missing a little bit. Maybe it's the defenses that we're playing, right? Well, just give them a little bit of credit. We – yeah, so credit where credit's due. And I think we just looking at the rosters week to week, it's it's apparent that um they are still figuring out exactly what the back line for this team looks like. Um we have to remember it's their they're effectively their first season as a full fledged professional outfit, and there's a lot of growing pains there. Um in a lot of ways they've been putting together some pretty fantastic performances for a first year team. Um, helps obviously that the the league is young, um, but I think that's what we're seeing is uh, just a little bit of experimentation. We've seen Fife moved around a lot, you know, from wing to center to fullback. Walk was on the wing this week, um, and you know, we'll, I'm curious to see what the roster will look like uh, when it comes out for DC. Um, it, see where they put Fife, what they what they go for in the back line. But I think that the pieces are all there when we get the right arrangement and then get a few repetitions with that setup. Um, that's when we'll see it come together as long as we can make the playoffs, you know, finish, finish in the top two in the East. Um, they've got plenty of time. As long as we're winning games, they've got plenty of time to, to let it click. And we know Ryan likes to keep that stuff in his pocket. Yeah. He's a, he's a sneaky boy. Sure. So, um, you know, not that it's intentional. I'm not suggesting that, but I do think that uh, it's, it's coming together and it's, and, and will come together. And we've still got a little bit of time before it, absolutely has to be 100% locked in. For sure, yeah. There's no reason to put a push the panic button on this thing at all. Um, I actually did meet Ryan Martin and TK. I mentioned that earlier in the episode. Um, fantastic dudes. Uh, TK's a big fan of us, by the way, so that's pretty cool. Oh, wow, that's great. I'm a big fan of TK. He's a, he's a great guy. So For sure, yeah. And when I met Coach Ryan Martin, he knew I was immediately, so he must be following our social media. I shook his hand, great handshake, very firm. <laughs> That's good to know. I'll be prepared. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, this has been a great episode. The um, the green screen is you know slowly falling in on me, so that's <laughs> one thing. You I better don't... end it before you're you're you know look like somebody in Pompeii. Yeah, for sure. Buried under rubble. Yeah, so we've got all of this is now exposed like it was in the beginning of the first couple episodes. So, you know, whatever. Uh, guys, nobody's paying us to do this. So <laughs> we're just having fun here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So, yeah, go free jacks. Huzzah. Let's ride. Let's Huzzah. beat DC, baby. Woo! Absolutely. Beat DC. I'll see everybody on uh, Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Woo!
All right, guys, that was the Outriders segment with Phil and Dave. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media. We have a Twitter, we have Facebook, and we have Instagram, all Jacks Rangers. Moving right along here, next up, we've got our buddy, Ted Black. He is the president of Cape Cod Rugby. His whole family, uh, the Black family there, are big rugby fans, and uh, we know that uh, that. The rugby households are very important to the future of rugby with the the young kids learning about rugby at a young age, being fostered into the rugby culture and becoming rugby players themselves. And then eventually, hopefully, we'll have um, future free jacks from these uh, tight-knit rugby families that are coming to the games and, and seeing the experiences of rugby. Ted was a fantastic interview. I really like Ted, man. Such a nice, personable guy. Very friendly. Saw him at uh, the game on Saturday. We, we threw him up on Instagram and face, uh, Facebook. Looking forward to working with uh, Ted in the future with future things on the show. But right now, let's get into his interview here on the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Ted Black here with me. Uh, Ted, plug your social media and uh, your club before we crack open this beer, okay? Sounds good, Phil. I am the president and coach and very, very sometimes scrum half for Cape Cod Rugby down here on Cape Cod. Uh, we just moved from Sandwich to Mashpee. Uh, our socials are anything and everything at Cape Cod Rugby, all lowercase. There you go. And uh, we are still Cape Cod Rugby Football Club on Facebook. Very nice. Even have, I've been keeping up with a capecodrugby.org which is our website that's mostly linked to a Google site, but I try to keep it updated as best as I can. Very nice. I've got um, a movies Jack's Abbey Pilsner here. Pilsner. And I'm going to crack that bad boy open. Let's, I know that you got a little special drink there yourself, sir. Indeed, I do. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah. Oh, done. Mine just uh, spilled everywhere, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and transfer my can of Baxter Free Jacks IPA. There you go. All right. So, right into the glass and we're good to go. All right. You're a self-described obsessed fan. That's kind of the people that I'm looking to talk to. So I appreciate you jumping on here. Where are you from? Uh, I actually grew up here on the Cape. I grew up in Falmouth. Okay. Uh, went to school here, stayed local, uh, went away to college and uh, the Marine Corps. Came home. Okay, right on. I've actually never been to the Cape, not once. I've been up here for 11 years. I've never seen it. Oh, no kidding. Well, I need to come out. You have a reason to come visit. Exactly. Yeah, I'll be out there at some point, I'm sure. Outstanding. Uh, what is your origin story in rugby? How did you find rugby, sir? So I grew up like pretty much every other American kid playing not rugby. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up playing uh, soccer, lacrosse, uh, riding mountain bikes and road bikes all over the place. I didn't discover rugby until I got to college. I went to college at Virginia Military Institute. Okay. I was actually yes. recruited to play lacrosse. Yep. Uh, was allowed to try out for the team and didn't make it. And when I didn't make it, I thought, I really kind of need to find something else besides just kind of hanging out, acting like I'm a lacrosse player. Right. And some of my pals had gone out for rugby and said, you got to give this a try. And like, Probably almost every other rugby player on earth. My first practice, hooked, done. Right. Very cool. 
Um, let's see here. Rugby families are very important to the growth of the game and the MLR, obviously. Uh, Commissioner George Killebrew knows this. He's talked about it many times on interviews. Um, you're a rugby family, right? You've, you've got kids and, and, and a wife there. And you've all got correct. Um, adapted to the Free Jacks, uh, you know, the sport of rugby and, and supporting the Free Jacks. Your son, Teddy, uh, has, a, has done a regional tracking day uh, and a kicking clinic. Were you able to attend that? Yeah, I went to, uh, so the first thing we actually did was we did a uh, tag leaders kicking clinic that he ran with um, the Rentham Barbarians and I think some of the guys from the uh, South Shore youth programs okay. uh, and they did a, um, a youth program, I believe like the groups were split up under 14s, which was the group Teddy trained with and then he did a group of over 14s and we went with the unders and tag was awesome. He coached the kids through every aspect of punting, drop kicks, grubbers, kicking for points. It was, it was an awesome afternoon and Rentham put on their field is beautiful. So it was a blast to go up there. Mm -hmm. And then we lucked out with uh, the regional tracking group. Uh, I've been talking with uh, Tom kindly at the free Jacks about trying to get them to come down here to the Cape at that point in time, we were kind of in between fields, so I didn't have any place to have him come to. Yep. So we ended up going up to the closest clinic they had to us happened in Cohasset, which was for our regional group, the Silver Sharks. Okay, okay. And I went, he asked me to help out with that. So I went in a coaching capacity. Yeah. I had three of my guys from Cape Cod went along for the independence tracking that day. And Teddy went to do the learn to play stuff and he had a blast. So, no, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. I mean, these regional tracking days are going to be really huge for the Free Jacks going forward and identifying talent. I mean, this is how you start your academy, right? I mean, you identify the kids that uh, have a little special something with playing and athletic ability, and you try to nurture these uh, these kids and eventually get them on the independence and then hopefully in the future uh, the Free Jacks professional team. That's the way to do it, um, to grow the game. No, absolutely. And just from the talent that I had seen from just our group that we had in Cohasset and then all of the other groups on prior weekends leading up to that, seeing all of the talent that they were, to, they were able to pull out. I mean, you talk about rugby in New England and mm -hmm. I mean, from having high school programs, from having Massachusetts be, I still think we're still the only state that has a recognized varsity high school program yep. through the MIAA. And I think there's maybe eight boys high school and I think maybe four girls high school programs that compete for a state high school championship, which is amazing. Yeah. And then to have almost every college in new England offer some sort of rugby from absolutely basic club to incredibly competitive national programs. It's, it's pretty amazing. The, the amount of talent we have around here that I think the feed, the free Jacks are going to be able to feed off of. I think we're in good hands. Dartmouth, he's talking about you with that highly competitive national team. <laughs> Norwich, too. Don't forget Norwich, my my senior military college pals in Vermont. I'll send a shout out to them. Shout out. All right. Um, what have you been drinking lately? Uh, craft beer? Is it just the Prejax IPA? To be honest, that's really it. Uh, I won't go into a super long story, but I actually don't have the guts to drink. Uh, I... When I got out of the service, I kind of, <laughs> I, I, I blew up, shall we say. 
Okay. And uh, ended up making up to about 400 pounds. So I got one of those, uh, the stomach surgeries where they cut out 90% of your stomach. Okay. So that was one part of it. And then uh, soon after that, they discovered I had pancreatic cancer. So they took out a lot more of my insides. So this is going to last me probably about two hours. And I will be as drunk as if I've been drinking all night when I'm done with it. No kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Medically, you're a lightweight because of all of that. But me, myself, yes. I have about two beers and I'm, I'm toasted, brother. I'm all set. <laughs> <And> I... <laughs> all right. Um, so what is better, lobster rolls or clam chowder, in your opinion? They both have so much upside, but I will actually give it to the clam chowder. I know tons of people love the lobster rolls, but there are so many... You can get really great lobster in the lobster roll, or you can get absolutely crap lobster in the lobster roll. But more often than not, you're really not going to screw up clam chowder. So I'm going to have to give the uh, give the check mark to clam chowder on that one. Right on. A lot of great seafood in this area for sure. It's what it's known for for sure in terms oh, absolutely. of culinary uh, journeys. There. Okay. Uh, what does your where does your passion from the free jacks come from? Just the fact that when I got involved with rugby in college, we're talking 90, spring of 94 was the first time I, I went out to play. Mm -hmm. And to think, I mean, it was, the VMI was a division one double A school. So our football program tried to be a national powerhouse, but we'd be lucky to pull off a win a season, if anything. But those guys always talked about, you know, what came next where the guys would, you know, go all in and try to get drafted, you know, number 300, whatever, or end up going to the CFL. But there was always this ambition that there was something for them beyond college football. Yep. And for me, thinking that there really wasn't anything like that for us, I remember entertaining the thought after I graduated of actually giving a try, maybe try going overseas. I have, my mother was born and raised in Ireland. I thought, Maybe I'll go over to Ireland and try playing over there and see what happens. I know other guys had given that consideration too, but just the fact that the Free Jacks and Major League Rugby are bringing everything to fruition that didn't exist for us back then, and that's just me in the 90s. I know we're talking, there are guys in those stands that have been having these same dreams since, you know, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, so this is that much more for them. For me, I get to love to sit back and as a coach now looking at my guys and tell them, guys, you know, there's more than just what we're doing here at Cape Cod. You want to go to one of those tracking days, go for it. Yeah. You want to go to a Northeast Academy, check that out give it a try. There's, there's so much more beyond, Oh, I'm just going to go play on Saturday. I'm going to drink on Saturday and then that'll be it you want to move on in rugby there are pathways and i think that's where mlr and our free jacks are absolutely going to crush it right now for sure yeah i i was following from ear to ear and listening to that story because you know for me it's the early 2000s i've been waiting for this since the early 2000s but you know to think there's as you were saying there's a lot of older boys out there that are in those stands that are thinking you know this is fine this has finally happened i've been waiting for 40 years for this to happen yep. so it, it is very special that's where our passion comes from it's beautiful uh, let's see here. 
how many articles of clothing of Free Jack's merchandise is in the Black House, would you say? <laughs> oh, wow. So on that day, I think the day of the first, so our first home match, I remember I was gearing up like a crazy person. And I remember seeing Tammy McQueen oh, yeah. made a post about all the stuff that she was putting on. And I chuckled because I'd, you know, been keeping in touch with her through socials from last season. And I just sent her a message and I said, you know, Tammy, that's, that's, that's really cute. Yeah. And my wife ended up taking a picture of me. I ended up having on socks, the shorts, the joggers I had on one of the performance t-shirts okay I had the old hoops jersey from the Cara Cup yeah. I had the new home jersey okay and then I had the new sweatshirt the founding member's scarf and at that time the uh the red hat like you've got before I picked up this one at the match yeah so yeah I was I was decked out I was trying I was to I was and that founding. and I still have an older jersey and other t-shirts and so yeah there's teddy's got a jersey kristen's got sweatshirts my daughter mckenna has a sweatshirt awesome. we're stocked they they, they they know us well at the free jack store oh, yeah. yeah same here man i'm putting mags kids through college with all the stuff that i'm buying trust me <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh but that's awesome yeah i think i counted nine articles of clothing for the first game that's impressive i had uh, <laughs> i had like six and i thought i was the man dude you killed it well, I was raring to go. I was ready to just, to just start peeling stuff off in the stands and saw right, what happened. Right. But yeah, I, I kept it on the down low for this one. And just shout out to Tammy real quick. She's, she's awesome. She does a great Yeah, she is pretty awesome. She's hysterical. And yeah, she's, she's great. We're lucky to have her on board. For sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, so what match day improvements would you like to see for the next home game? Is there anything you would like to see from the club that would be more family friendly? Match-wise, one of the things that has bugged me so far this season is the lack of discipline. Having our guys, our team, be the most penalized team in the league hurts because mm -hmm. that always it, 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 it's a momentum killer. You can be driving, 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 and the whistle goes up, the hand goes the other way, momentum is gone. So from that aspect, the penalty discipline and – as odd as it's going to sound, like the little dust-ups, mm -hmm. I'm okay with one or two to kind of set the tone and show the opposition that we're not to be messed with. But, you know, when you start seeing them three or four times over the course of the match, it's just kind of, eh, come on, let's just get back to it and, you know, put the points on the board. That'll, okay. that'll make them realize that you're raring to go. Don't, right. don't worry about getting up close and yammering at one another. Nah, put the points on the board. Exactly. But the family friendly stuff, mm -hmm. I think that's just going to when things open up once COVID restrictions get a little bit easier. I signed the kids up for that grubber club and they're chomping at the bit to get to run around before the game and make the tunnel for the guys when they run out onto the field. And be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're raring to go. I can't, I can't wait to have the home matches be the home matches that they're supposed to be. Yep. It'll, it'll be awesome when they get there. For sure. Uh, favorite player on the team? Oh, I got to give it up to the scrum halves. John Poland, okay. you know, Darren calls him the little magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Love his delivery. Love where he's able to find spaces that he really shouldn't. 
but he does. And oh, he is so quick off the ball, whether he's running with it or passing it. I'm always going to give it up to the number nines. Yep. So, I mean, from, from John to Ollie to Sean to, I think Tom, we're, we're in good hands. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the way our number nines are set up with the free Jacks. You're right. I mean, he, you kind of forget about him because we've got a couple stars that, you know, may, you know, score the tries and, and do the dirty work, but he is super consistent and really, mm-hmm. really what he does. He really. generates it. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. I mean, Harrison is amazing at 10. So thankfully enough, there wasn't a huge drop off losing tag, but I mean, Harrison has picked it up and Dougie is unreal and Alecki's unreal, but it all launches from John. I mean, without yes. John at nine, that stuff doesn't happen. Right. So, yeah, I, I will always toot the number nine or the number 21's horn until until I'm in the ground. So, scrum halves rule. And he's Irish. That's part of your heritage, my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that helps for sure. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Best hair on the team. Oh. <laughs> As much as it pains me, I actually have to go with Bodine Walker's man bun. Really? Just because I, it's, and I know the easy would be going with, you know, Dougie's bleach blonde or I, oh, wow. I mean, the mullets. But I've got guys that love the mullets and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for the, uh, the samurai man bun. Wow. That is the first time we've heard that during these interviews. I know. Bizarre, right? It is. Well, I mean, it is a, an interesting hairstyle. So, I mean, it should be one of the top five that people would consider. I just, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your MVP so far this season and why is it Douglas Fife the third? My boy. I know it's it. His vision and his ability to see where they aren't going to be. It's one thing to see spaces that exist, Mm -hmm. but the way he sees spaces before they actually appear, it's, it's impressive. So it's, it's no wonder that he was a stalwart for the Scottish sevens team and made it to the 15s. It's, his, his vision really is yeah. absolutely amazing. But again, also, I just still, I, I, I have to give it up to, to Poland. Yeah. Because again, a lot of this stuff doesn't happen if he's not getting That's good right. delivery from the lineouts, from the scrum, from the rucks, helping the guys to drive those absolutely amazing malls, especially from this last weekend. It, yeah, his his timing and his precision with the way that he's able to not only deliver the pass but mm-hmm. put it where it needs to be. I'm, yeah, again, total fanboy for the number nine. But John John Poland's my guy. So I was so concerned after the first game with that potential suspension that I was like, oh boy, we're going to be in trouble here without John Poland if he doesn't, you know, is able to appeal that. And thankfully we mm-hmm. appeal it. But um, I mean, no. Dis- I'm glad they fought that. Yeah, no disrespect to Ollie, but, you know, we want nope. Poland in there. You know what I mean? He's the guy. Yeah. Uh, what team or teams do you dislike in MLR and why? Rooney, just because they're New York. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 
it and I think it's a dislike because of appreciation for what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. But the Giltinis, when when LA even came out and they're like, okay, LA is getting an expansion. That's 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 awesome. It's LA, major market. It'll be huge. Yep. And then the name came out, and I know collectively MLR, everyone just slapped themselves in the face and went, "Ah, oh, God, are you right. kidding again with yeah. the Gill thing?" Again with this mess, yeah. And but then when they went about bringing in the talent that they brought in, and it's it it can't surprise anybody at all that they're six and zero and top of table in the West. And yeah. the fact that teams have been able to score on them is impressive, but the fact that they just kind of at a whim. Oh, okay. You scored super well. We're going to double that, and then so, it's it, impressive. It's only on, dislike them only because they're just that good. Yeah, I don't want to say specifics about because I don't know exactly when this will be coming out, but just to watch them play around with other teams, like doing really creative stuff that you would only see on the training pitch, and it mm-hmm. being executed, and for them to score tries off of it. It's just – it's almost not even fair. And I will go on the airwaves, the podcast, be able to listen up. They are the real evil empire, okay? <laughs> we know the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, in MLB. But these folks mm-hmm. in L.A., the Giltinis, it makes it hurts me just to say it. They yeah, are yeah. The evil empire. And someone please beat them. Please. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who finally does and whether it's that much more of a whoever they're playing is able to put that much of a game plan together to beat them or whether the Giltinis just don't play up to where they have and someone's able to eke something by them. It'll be interesting to see how they lose, when and if they lose. For sure. Okay, just got a couple more here and then I'll get you off of there. Uh, other- Shoot. The Free Jacks, what other pro sports teams do you support and why? Uh, my son is a huge hockey player, so we're, uh, we follow the Bruins. He's uh, just completed his second season of youth hockey, and we absolutely loved it. So, yeah, we follow the Bruins. I kind of gave up on football when everybody else kind of gave up on football, and I'm just not at all interested in jumping back on the Pats bandwagon again. But, uh, no, to be honest, I still kind of – I'm interested to see what's going to happen now with major league lacrosse folding and now turning into the premier lacrosse league right. and then bringing the cannons in as a, I don't know if they even want to call them an expansion club, but inviting them into the league. I can't wait to see what the cannons are going to do. Uh, I hope the revolution get back to yep. showing everybody what they're capable of from a soccer standpoint, but yep. Yeah, no, I mean, we just very uh, sunny day Red Sox fans when September rolls around. Hey, how are they doing? They're good. Okay, great. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I mean, beyond that, I I, I really am that much of a dork that this this is it. This is yeah. this is my my everything. And beyond watching some Bruins games with my son, I don't really watch anything else, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm a big Carolina athletics fan, football, baseball, um, basketball for Carolina, South Carolina. But um, right. if you'll notice here, I am also a hockey fan. This is the uh, I, Carolina Hurricanes here. I see the Canes. Yeah. I'm also, I've also got a Bruins one up here. So, I mean, any Charlotte or North Carolina market, I've got it up here represented as a professional team. But I've also got all of the uh, New England, Boston, because I'm a huge, you know, Boston fan too. Right. 
you can't see it, but I've got two uh, Bruins jerseys over here in the closet. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, you know, I've been up here for 11 years. I, I accept the teams. I love the teams up here, but I'm also, you know, respecting my past of, of North Carolina. So I'm just a hybrid, man. I, I love all the teams where the Carolinas in the Boston area. No, I, I'll, I'll still follow, uh, trying to follow VMI sports has been weird, but this year was very strange because again, like I told you a little while ago, VMI football, lucky if we win a game a season, yeah. but for this year, for us to have gone six and one, we won the Southern conference and we actually made it to, uh, the, what? Oh, the FCS okay. championship round of, I guess, round of 16 and played James Madison all the way up to the wire. So wow. I, I was I was psyched for VMI football to be playing as well as they were. I just hope they're able to push it on into the fall and do the same. Yeah, good for them. That's great. Heck yeah. All right, one word association. Max. Icon. <laughs> I like that. Kenny. Who killed? <laughs> No, 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 our Japanese prop. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know. I totally blew that one, right? I totally just brain farted on that one. It's okay. Uh, have to give it to legend for him. All right, there you go. Yeah, he is a legend in his own right. Coach Ryan Martin. Oh. Consummate leader. Okay, I was tapping my mustache because he has one too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is this is one just for just for me. Jack's Rangers. Proud to be a part of and looking forward to how this turns out for you. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Waka. Samurai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Rooney. <laughs> that count. Yeah, that's that's a good one. All right, <laughs> I used to have Giltinis here. I, I, you know, we we've been kicking them uh, big time, so I'm gonna mix it up here. Gilgronies, hook 'em horns. There you go. Okay, yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, well, that was it. Uh, I appreciate your time, Mr. Black. This has been fantastic. Um, oh, Phil, thanks. Thank you for this. I. I Never in a million years would have expected something like this. So I hope I'm able to help you out and help grow yeah. things for you because this is awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, man. I appreciate your time so much. Let's do this again sometime. It was a lot of fun. Have a good night. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that was Ted, guys. Tell us what you think. Send us an email at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Really appreciate having Ted on. Um, when I first found out about Ted, he was somebody that was frequently posting on the Free Jack social media. And I was like, oh man, this guy's a super fan. I got to have him on at some point. So glad we were able to connect and, and uh, get that interview in the books there. So yeah, I hope to have um, Ted on in the very near future. Before I get you folks out of here, I wanted to, of course, do our American Revolutionary War history. Today in American Revolutionary War history, in 1775, the Mecklenburg Resolutions reduced rejected the power of the British in my home state, born and raised, of North Carolina. Revolutionary War quotes, the U.S. Constitution does not guarantee happiness, only the pursuit of it. You have to catch up with it yourself. 
and that was Benjamin Franklin, who was born and raised in Boston. Not a lot of people know that. He moved to Philadelphia to start out his own life there. I think his brother and him had a, a conflict over their businesses there in Boston, and he, so he moved to Philadelphia and became the legendary Benjamin Franklin, but uh, born and raised in Boston, a Bostonian. Let's, let's hope to see you out there um, on Sunday against D.C. We need your help in making sure that we continue this winning streak at home. That's three wins in a row so far. Let's make it four. Beat D.C. Let's go Free Jacks. Huzzah! Woo! Let's ride, baby.